On this episode of Hit the Deck, we've got an American hockey hero with something to prove in Slovakia. Last Worlds, I scored the goal to beat Canada, which was pretty cool. And in the moment, I didn't realize that we had never beaten Canada on the world stage. So that was pretty awesome. And that was to get us to the gold medal game. And talk is cheap, but we've got all the info you'll need to keep current on the world championships. It's just all great ball hockey, excitement on the world stage, halfway across the globe, too. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game off! Welcome to episode 139 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And oh boy, James, I know I get this way from time to time, but my goodness, my goodness gracious, have we got a show for you, our listener. So You know, I don't want to keep you waiting. I don't want to keep James waiting. And I don't want to keep mystery person number three waiting. So I'm going to give you a little taste of what we have in store here on the podcast by jumping straight into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my steadfast co-host. I very sheepishly say this with our special guest waiting aboard, but on defense, number four, I'm James Ajazi, and a very special guest, as mentioned before. Playing forward, number five, Becky Dobson. All right. Thank you so much, Becky, for joining us. It's truly an honor and a privilege to have you on this podcast. So really, thank you very, very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to to, uh, make it on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, James. Uh, Ah, We don't deserve this, James. We have not earned this. Not at all, no. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! <laughs> Thank you to Craig for setting it up, though. Yeah, honestly, I do feel a little guilty calling myself the American Rhino in cases such as this because, you know, it's like, I don't know. This is going to be a really weird analogy, but... My friend back in college, my original radio co-host, as it happens, Alan, he told a story about his high school days when he went to a party one time and it was a a party that, you know, whatever, high school party, people, I guess, drinking and milling about and just whatever. It's a high school party. But so what happened is that he picked up a guitar that I guess somebody had left lying around. He didn't know how to play guitar from Adam. And he started trying to play it to impress a girl and trying to teach her how to play guitar. It turned out that she actually knew how to play guitar quite well. And she was just humoring him because I guess he was cute or something. I don't know. But that that's how I feel when I call myself the American Rhino and we have on a legitimate USA representative on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, with a heck of a resume and uh, scored one of the most important goals in the history of the women's team in the national ball hockey level. Yeah, seriously. You'll hear more about that later, I believe, because we're definitely going to want to ask her about that. But suffice to say, Becky Dobson is no joke. Like, she is a real serious get for this podcast. And we are fortunate and honored to have her here. Yeah, especially along the lines of her uh, other teammates, too, from way back when, when uh, the 2017, we had a couple of representatives from the women's team. And that was thanks to Jackie Spiegel. So, Really, that's that's quite an honor. It never gets old. And uh, yes, we are very humbled by that. Much, much, much appreciated to these lovely ladies for taking the time out to do this podcast and, and do such a wonderful job of spreading the word and promoting deck hockey and letting everybody know how big and important it really is. Yeah. And if you remember, if or if you didn't listen to that podcast, uh, the people that we are referring to from 2017 were Amber and Cherie. And Cherie is actually back on the team this year. So, you know, we're, we're still pulling for all you ladies. Absolutely. USA all the way. All the way. All the way. All the way. Men too. That was, uh, is that a Frank Sinatra song? All the way? Uh, I don't know. 
I'm not up enough on my standards. All the way. Anyway, you know what? I don't know if they listen to Sinatra in the uh, ball hockey international world. Everybody listens to Sinatra, so well, don't worry about it. You know, I do. This is this is going way back, and we're. I feel bad because we are keeping Becky waiting, and she's not a person to be kept waiting. But I'm going to do it anyway. I remember at the last tournament, I remember texting you about this specifically. I was watching the tournament, and in the arena, they were playing kind of really random seeming music. And I texted you specifically about this, James. At one point, I I cannot believe I'm going to say these words. I still can't believe it. Two years later. They played some kind of like thrash metal cover of a parody song that was done as part of a WWE promo many years ago. It was uh, Sexy Kurt, as, as I recall, done by Kurt Angle, which was a parody of Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy, which is his <laughs> WWE theme song. And so that was in the Czech Republic and in... Pardubitz or Pardubitsa or Pardubis or whatever that announcer pronounced it as. So hopefully in this tournament, which is in Slovakia, and the town is James. Oh, it's uh, I believe it's pronounced Kozis. Okay, thank you. An yeah. accurate pronunciation from a real professional. So hopefully in Kozis, the musical selections will be a little more. I'm not even going to say normal, a little more appropriate and understandable to the <laughs> circumstances. But I guess who am I to judge, right? Well, as long as Pacho isn't picking the music, maybe we'll be okay. Pacho looks like he's been hit in the head a few times without a mask, if you know what I mean. More on him later. Yeah, to be continued. But I feel like we really need to move this thing along because we do have a great guest, as you heard, and we are eager to get into a conversation with her. So uh, I think we should do that. What do you say, James? Yes, sir. So, James, could I convince you to tell us what's on deck for this podcast? Well, I'm going to attempt to pass the puck back to you. What? Because it is an extremely patriotic on deck, and I think it's only appropriate that the American Rhino should let everybody know what's on deck, especially at the recording of this podcast on a much, much, much more important level. It's the 75th anniversary of D-Day. So in honor of all of those wonderful, God bless those heroes, I think the American Rhino should do the on deck this time. This is a coup, James. This is a coup on this podcast. And I will do it reluctantly because it is better than the alternative of dead air. But I want you to know that I am doing this under protest. Fair enough. All right. Set me up. Come on, James. I'm an egomaniac. Set me up. Um, would you mind letting us know what's on deck? You got it, sir. Thank you. American Slapper. We are truly honored to have Ms. Becky Dobson forward from the U.S. Women's National Ball Hockey Team join us on Hit the Deck before she and her teammates head off to Slovakia and take care of some unfinished business at the ISBHF World Ball Hockey Championship. And 2019 WBHC. We have more on the 2019 ISBHF World Ball Hockey Championship so you'll know how to follow Becky, her U.S. women's teammates, and the U.S. men's team too as they represent American ball hockey on the international stage. And that's what's on deck. Thank you so very much, American Rhino. Beautifully done. And for the listener out there, I hope you pictured, as I did, the American flag waving proudly in the air and some fireworks in the background. Mm -hmm. That was spectacular. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. I still say you do it better, but I'm not going to quibble because we have a podcast to do. So all that nonsense out of the way. I think it is time for the triumphant debut on Hit the Deck of our very special guest, our, our, our incredibly talented and incredibly honored guest here on Hit the Deck. Welcome, please, thank you, and great to have you here, Ms. Becky Dobson. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So yeah, we you know we don't want to take too much of your time, but just first off, a big thank you to Mr. Uh, Craig Gusman for introducing us to you, Becky, and thank you so much again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do our uh, interview. Both Craig and another recent new friend he introduced us to, Mr. Wayne Barrett, had nothing but great things to say about you. So uh, your reputation is very well earned. But before we get to know you a little bit better, let's start from the beginning, if you don't mind. What was your introduction to playing hockey? Yeah, so I started with ice hockey and I'm one of five kids and I'm the second oldest. I have an older brother. So I was kind of the rink rat getting dragged along to his games and always watching. And I'm like, okay, I'm sick of watching and I want to be out there playing. So I told my parents and I think I was five years old when I first put the skates on and then just played ever since. Ball hockey, I didn't get introduced to until actually college. My friend from college I played at Westchester with, Liz, she was like, you should play ball hockey. So she brought me out to a tournament. I showed up with literally a stick, no gloves, no shin guards, no helmet. And everyone's like, who is this girl and what is she doing? But it was like one of the biggest tournaments of the year, the North American Ball Hockey Championships. I had no idea what I walked into. I'm like, wow, this is a little different than the street hockey that I used to play in the backyard. But I loved it because I, I like to run. So it was like combining field hockey and ice hockey and then started playing that ever since. You said you played street hockey in the backyard. Do you come from a big hockey family? Um, I know you had said your brother played, but did your parents play? Is it Was it kind of a thing that... Your generation started? How did that evolve? I think my dad would have liked to play. He wasn't granted those opportunities. He's from the West, though, and I feel like they're kind of more ingrained in hockey. He's from Colorado, Idaho area. So he got my older brother into it right away. And then I played. Both my sisters kind of took the route of like, oh, that smells. We don't want to get (laughs) as many bruises. And then my youngest sibling, my little brother, also plays. I mean, they're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. they're like, you're crazy, Becky. But I think my one sister, if she was given a little more of a push, she would have played. So how did you wind up at forward? Was that the position you were assigned in your uh, backyard games or (laughs) when you started playing ice? How did that work? So I actually, in the backyard games, I was always thrown into goal for my brother until (laughs) he took one too many slap shots and I was sick of getting hurt. (laughs) Growing up for ice, I actually played a lot of defense. I played like more forward for my all-girls team, and then I played on an all-boys team and my high school team, Germantown Academy, I don't know if you're familiar, I played defense for the boys. So I played a little bit of both. Ball hockey, I kind of just played forward from the get-go, center, because it involved, you can't really coast, there's no skates, and I've always liked to run, so people typically steer away from center, I see, they're like, you're crazy. But so if you like it, you kind of get that position and can take it. And I like to score goals better than stop people from scoring. So, <laughs> Sure. I mean, I think James and I fall on the other side of that equation, but I certainly understand <laughs> yeah. the appeal. So how did you get to the point where you are now? I mean, I'm sure you don't just make it to the, you know, U.S. Nationals team just because you show up every week. How, how did you get to this point? Yeah, a lot of it has just been like people and networking and then everyone involved in ball hockey growing the game and growing the sport. Because if I weren't for my friend introducing me to it, I don't know that I would have ever found the competitive nature of it and that there is a Team USA. And I think we still need to do a better job of sharing that with the world. When I tell my friends I'm going to Slovakia next week for ball hockey, they're like, okay, so where are you packing your rollerblades? Like, they still don't even understand that it's played on sneakers in an ice hockey rink with no ice. But as far as, like, working my way up, just playing in all of the tournaments, networking, branching out, playing with men in more competitive leagues and all that kind of stuff. Just always playing when the opportunities are there. Yeah, well, I have to say, I've never, well, no, I won't say that. I won't say I've never seen you play because I did see the games from the last tournament and you definitely played in those. But I've never seen any of your other experiences playing, unfortunately. But Wayne Barrett, as we mentioned earlier, who mentioned you on the podcast, he said that you were one of the you know best players he's had the privilege of being around, man or women. So, you know, I mean, it's a it's a credit to your obvious ability and your work ethic. 
Uh, yeah, he was probably just being nice, too. But, yeah, I, I was lucky. The first game I ever went to, Wayne was the coach on the bench, that game that my friend brought me to to introduce me to ball hockey. Mm-hmm. So he's always been, like, an awesome mentor in the sport and kind of taught me the differences between ice and ball because the offsides is different. And, like, you can't do a few other things that I didn't know you couldn't do until I got called penalties for or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Please don't be so humble in doing some research, too, that uh, we visited your Facebook page and, and Twitter and all that stuff. And you seem to be in phenomenal shape. And uh, you, you need to be, especially to be a center in, in, in ball hockey. And like you said, you can't coast. So you really have to run back and forth a lot. But did you get that from your parents or anything like that? Or you, you just kind of inherited that mentality of staying in shape and keeping in shape? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Growing up, like I said, in a big family, one of five kids, to get noticed, you kind of had to strive to always be your best. Like, they had five kids to keep track of. My one sister's in med school. My other sister just graduated. She's a chemical engineer working for Merck. My brother's Like, we all always just had that extra level of compete, almost competing with each other for the spotlight from our parents, but also just, I think it's genetic for me as well. Like, I'm definitely a competitor. I can't play family board games. I just <laughs> say no thank you because it's just not worth having that chance of a fight. Um, I don't like to lose in anything. Luckily, my boyfriend's a very mellow laid back guy. So we get over well because he can deal with my personality. As far as like exercise and working out, my parents were both involved in sports growing up and active. And I work as a physical therapist. So it's kind of like I'm encouraging people to work out and exercise every day. So I like to practice what I preach and do the same myself. I'm also very involved in CrossFit recently. That's my newest obsession in the past year. So yeah. Yeah, I was mighty impressed by the deadlifting that you were doing too. So um, I, I won't get too personal and ask what the weight was, but it looks <laughs> like you can you can bench press a Volkswagen. So really very impressive. And that that's awesome. And this kind of gives you an idea, as you're saying too, about what you need to be and committed to, to make the world ball hockey US team. Yeah, I think also not to like go on a tangent with CrossFit, but just the mental preparation for the tournament. Like I noticed two years ago, I didn't mentally prepare as much as I probably could have. And then when you're there, like you're dealing with a time change or being overseas on familiar area, just the competitiveness of the in-moment games. And kind of like when I'm doing these workouts, you feel like you want to quit, but you have to keep going. And we stress a lot for like our team taking it a shift at a time, not like looking ahead to the next game or the next period. So like living in the moment and kind of like staying on track is important. And I think my training recently has helped me for that. Because when you do these competitions, it's five workouts a day, but you have to focus on that one workout in the moment. So I think I'm excited to see how that translates more to the court and hockey. Was 2017 your first time on Team USA? Yeah, so in 2015, they went to Switzerland. I was still in PT school getting my doctorate. So I asked the professors, but it was like too much time to miss from school, unfortunately. So I had to decline that. But yeah, 2017, I think... I previously went with, like, we had a smaller USA team go to Barry for the outdoor tournament. So I had a little experience. Like, we wore the USA jerseys, but it wasn't as big as the world championships. Wait, so you got your doctorate. We're talking to Dr. Becky Dobson? <laughs> yeah, they do like us to refer to ourselves as doctor in our field, but I just go by Becky. <laughs> no, that That's awesome. Like, honestly, to be able to not only have the athletic accomplishments but the academic discipline and you know the the work ethic in that field that you've put in that's really genuinely impressive so you know congratulations and good job so going back to the team usa i am curious how did you first get recruited to team usa so that first tournament no one really knew who i was and i'm sure you've heard of sandra glista the goalie that's if you haven't, she's like a world-renowned goalie on our team. But she was the goalie for the other team. And she doesn't like when people crash her net or go around her crease. I didn't know or care. The ball was there. So I think we got into it. And she was kind of like throwing some fists. Like, we're really good friends now. So we look back and laugh. But Jason Kelly, who was like the general manager of the team at the time, was like, who is that girl going at it with Son? So that was like my first impression to him. 
But then just like playing in the tournaments and stuff, you get noticed if you're, I mean, if you're a female at the time, we didn't have as many girls. Now the sport's grown so much that we can draft multiple teams, different age levels. So it's really competitive. And yeah, just doing all the tournaments and stuff is kind of how I got noticed. And are uh, these tournaments, were they local in the Pennsylvania area or did you have to travel to like Massachusetts, for example, or whatever the case was? Yeah, a little bit of both. I'm lucky because there are a lot of big tournaments locally held at the Feasterville rink. They do the Holiday Bash, which is in December and is a big one. And with that, I'll play with like my local men's team as well as women's. And then North American, same thing. I'll play with the guys and then co-ed women's. And co-ed's cool, too, because you get to play with other guys that you don't always play with. And then there's a couple at Massachusetts we would go up for here and there, go to Canada. But those are like the main areas. We keep hearing about Holiday Bash, that that it's uh, quite a tournament from everything we've heard. Yeah, it's fun. Holiday Bash and North Americans are like the two big ones that everyone seems to mark the calendars on. Just gets a ton of teams down. It's fun competition to watch and play basically like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just filled with hockey where you don't see the outside world. I seem to always make the mistake of committing to playing for multiple teams. Hmm. And then by Sunday, I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen the outside of this building and my body hurts everywhere. So now I try to only play for two teams max, never three again, because you, you just have so many games you don't get to ever eat or take a break, which I like like on day one, but then by day three, you're like, okay. Sure. All right, cool. So without revealing any secrets in case, you know, Pacho may be listening, but do you actually have enough time for getting back to the world championship to practice enough as a team before such an intense tournament? Yeah, luckily we like were able to prepare over a year ago with the starting tryout camps, getting everyone together. And then we had multiple camps leading up to this point where all the girls got together and not just preparations on their court, but also off. We do a lot of team building, getting to know each other, getting to know your teammates, tendencies, personalities, kind of how people respond to criticism or tips. Not everyone wants to be yelled at. Not everyone wants to have the negative told to them first, which I wasn't always aware of. I'm kind of like a strong head, come on hard. So I need to like tailor that to some teammates which I learned at the previous championships in a good way. But yeah, and then we also got to do a lot of like weekly Zoom calls where we'd all call in to a conference call and just talk and figure out kind of where everyone's heads are at, how they're feeling. Did a little bit of a buddy system to keep everyone accountable for fitness and working out, making sure we're all on track, reaching our goals. So yeah, I feel like we're pretty prepared despite our distances and that it's not always convenient for us all to be in the same place physically. That's fantastic. Very well uh, planned out. That's, yeah, really interesting. During the year, besides getting together with, with your teammates from Team USA, uh, do you happen to play with uh, some of your Team USA teammates on other teams outside of the World Ball Hockey Championship? Yeah, typically at the tournaments. I'm usually against a lot of them, unfortunately, instead of with them. But that's also fun, especially when it's like a healthy competition and they don't hate me anymore. Like last time at Worlds, we had to do a lot of like honesty stuff. They're like, man, before we knew you, we hated you. But <laughs> more because like they knew I'm like an intense player on the court I wouldn't say I'm dirty but I'll definitely play physical and if it's a battle on the board I'll do what I need to do to win the ball but now that like we know each other it's more of like a friendly joke around with each other on the court rivalry but yeah I think I'm trying to think at last tournament if I played with anyone that's on my team I can't even remember because we mix it up sometimes too a lot of the teams try to make it competitive so but yeah we'll play against or with each other From a preparation standpoint, do you prefer to play with your teammates or against them? With them, yeah. So you can get to know their tendencies and kind of develop chemistry? Mm Mm-hmm. And not hurt them. (laughs) (laughs) There is that. Well, especially being a center, too. I mean, you you really have so much more responsibility where you're playing defense and offense, and you have to worry about passing the puck, too, and finding the open player and so on and so forth. So uh, that would probably be a little bit easier to gel if you guys are on the same line or on the same team, at least, correct? Yeah, definitely. And even just like face-off positioning, 
different lineups and if they're a right-handed or left-handed player and whether they kind of hang high in the slot or like to go down low, just little things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're the type of player that everybody would love to have as a teammate. So that definitely makes sense. And you should take that as a compliment. If the players that you played against didn't like you very much, but once they were on the same side, they love you. So that that's a pretty good quality to have, especially in hockey. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's funny. <laughs> Are there any kind of rules for the teams going to this tournament in terms of how you can prepare, like what what time frame you're allowed to practice in or anything like that? Or is it just kind of every team that goes prepares in their own way? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any specific like international ISBHF rules. I mean, I know they warn us they'll be drug testing. So, I mean, if you're doing the steroids, you got to let now. Um, <laughs> little things like that there is a chance of there to be drug testing but i think you're there's practice options when we get over there like we land on wednesday i think we might have a practice before our first game i think they allow any of the teams to have that option i don't know if the times are ideal or not but i don't think there's any like crazy rules per se do you guys have your jerseys yet you all kitted out for the uh for the we tournament. do. I have it in the other room, actually. Nice. They're pretty cool. Awesome. We can't yeah. wait to see them. Yeah, they're sharp. They look good this year. Yeah, we only got a little... Our assistant coach actually helped design them. Right, yeah. We uh, follow you guys on Twitter and Facebook, and there's only a little logo, so we don't, haven't seen the whole jersey yet, so we're really looking forward to seeing what they look like in action. So, I mean, obviously, you put in a lot of time, Becky, with your workouts and your practices. As you said, sometimes, you know, five times a day, you're on conference calls, you're doing all this stuff, but hockey isn't your job. It's your passion. You have a full-time job as well, Dr. Dobson, so <laughs> how, how do you manage to do both? How do you balance a full-time job and a full-time hockey schedule kind of just the life I always knew like since I was five I played hockey so like my friends that like sit down and watch their tv shows on Netflix I don't really watch tv <laughs> I either go to the gym in the morning there's like a 5 30 and 6 30 class or I'll go after work in the evening I'll play like in hockey leagues during the weeknights and then also a Sunday league I play at our local rink with a lot of my guy friends so yeah, it doesn't feel like it's an extra thing. It just feels like eating dinner every day, like it's normalcy to me. Sure. Okay. Um, and then I touched on my job being like involved with fitness, so that just also feels like routine. You're a, a physical therapist, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. So that's got to be helpful for your team, right? I mean, it's like having an extra medical person on the staff almost, just, you know, in case something happens. Yeah, definitely. I'm always willing to give them advice or look at injuries or anything they need leading up to camp or during. So, and we also have like a doctor on our team, like a legit doctor, <laughs> a dentist. So we have a pretty smart team. Wow. Well that, done. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm cool. I'm really as an American, as a uh, a somewhat lazy American, I'm <laughs> I'm very very happy to be that well represented. So you know, again, that really kudos to your entire team. And now we do have to ask: you've had quite the hockey career, as you've kind of alluded to, but. Do you have any personal highlights, any standout moments that, you know, you, you like when you think over your, the things that you've done, like, oh, that that's that's it. That's the gold standard of what I've you know accomplished. Uh, yeah, probably like talking about worlds. Last worlds, I scored the goal to beat Canada, oh. which was pretty cool. It was like the very end of the game. It was tied two to two, I think. I think it was like 30 some seconds left and my line mate tiff made like a perfect drop pass to me for a one-timer i didn't even know how much time was left i just shot it it went in we were like then we looked up and there was under a minute left we're like oh my god we can win this and in the moment i didn't realize that we had never beaten canada on the world stage so that was pretty awesome and that was to get us to the gold medal game so i i think i wish i could like go back in time and like i said live in that moment more because i feel like I was already like focusing on the gold medal game and I didn't really get to enjoy scoring that goal or like beating Canada because I was just like, oh, well, we play for gold tomorrow. This is what we need to focus on. So it'd be cool to kind of like experience that again and realize it was something to enjoy. And instead, I was just like too focused on the next game. But that was pretty cool. 
from an ice hockey standpoint, I played for Westchester. We played club, like ACHA. I don't know if you're familiar with that league. But we won the national championship for D2 one year. And I was pretty involved in my team's success. So that was exciting to be a part of. We got, like, rings and everything. And I think also just growing the game and standing up for, like, gender equality. I got a lot of pushback initially wanting to play in the men's tournaments as a woman. And I think a lot of it was, like, men not always being able to play with a woman out there because of gender stereotypes and feeling like they couldn't play as physical against a woman, etc. Don't know all the real reasons. I know there was some issues of if we let a woman play in the men's tournament, then we have to let a man play in the women's, which I get. But I think like I kind of held my ground and it finally let me play. And I think it's just good for younger girls out there that might not have a local girls team to play on that they can see older role models playing with the guys still and realize they can do it. So that's been exciting for me. And like to not only play with the guys, but feel like you're actually a part of the team that you're not just like they're feeling bad for you and letting you play out of pity. Do you have any advice for girls who may want to you know, kind of move up to the next level and, and be seen on that equal playing field who are, are trying and still struggling with that? Speak up and like, don't let someone tell you no and ask why, question it, and always like go out of your way to be involved in any way, coaching, playing, watching games, networking, meeting people, all of that kind of stuff. But I don't really do well when someone tells me I can't do something. So I'll try and find a way to make it happen whether or not I should (laughs) but there's a big difference between wishing and earning it and you've earned it so you've put the time in you put the effort in you sacrificed so that that has a lot to do with it as well and please don't sugarcoat the uh, silver medal also that you lovely ladies earned in 27 yeah I mean you're you're, (laughs) you have a heck of a resume there where you kind of forget that (laughs) you the uh the first women to earn the silver medal in the 2017 World Ball Championships. That's pretty impressive as well. Yeah, now that's a proud moment of mine. In the moment, it was like absolute devastation. So that's also interesting where I wish I could kind of rewind back and live in that moment again because I was just so upset. I mean, we lost a heartbreaker in overtime. We Mm -hmm. came back. And once we came back and tied it, I was like, we're winning this game. And then their goal to win it was like kind of fluky too. It wasn't even... It was like, I don't know if you're Flyers fans, but the Patrick Kane goal of the <laughs> Flyers, like it was kind of one of those things, like anticlimactic. You're like, did we just lose? But yeah, looking back now, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. History made, puts a ton of pressure on this world. Good pressure, though. Sure. Like, we have to one-up that, and the only way to one-up it is win gold. So it'd be pretty cool if we can do that. I mean, as I recall, that was the first medal of any kind that the U.S. women have won on the world stage. So that's really impressive. Yeah, I think so. I mean, aside from Masters, I know they've won medals in the like over 35 Masters division. But for the regular women's worlds, I believe that was our first time meddling. Yeah, and uh, Gary actually did a great job of following the 2017 games, too. So we did see exactly what you described and, and your game winner, too which was 34 seconds left against Canada. So if you get a chance, I don't know, there, there should be some footage, which I did find in, in doing some research for this interview as well. So if you want to kind of relive it, you can in that aspect. But that's the attitude to have. You have to put your head down and focus and play and then worry about everything else afterwards. But really, just goes to show you how intense it really is. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we continue with this part, I just I want to take a break in quick and ask a question that was posed to me by one of my favorite women, which is my daughter. <laughs> she oh. wanted she wanted me to ask you what your favorite food is. Oh man, favorite food. Yeah, I love food. My patients at work are like, are you ever not eating? Cause I eat, it must be because I work out in the morning. I don't know. I eat myself through the day. Like I have a snack drawer or cabinet at work where I'm supposed to store like work stuff. But probably pizza, like unhealthy wise, I love pizza that's probably up there as one of the favorites she loves pizza as well so she'll be happy to hear that thank you yeah no i i appreciate it i'll pass that on so cool uh we now will return you to your regularly scheduled world championship (laughs) talk (laughs) we can talk more about food but i might get hungry so (laughs) we wouldn't want that well i mean like michael phelps famously ate like you know what 
like 15,000 calories or something a day just because he was always burning it off. So it makes total sense that, you know, with the dedication to fitness that you have, that you'd be eating all the time. Yeah, I guess so. But so we're talking about the championships. The tournament begins on Friday, June 14th, which is just, uh, what, over a week as we oh, record shit. this? As it drops, it'll be exactly one week from when this podcast drops. So, you know, obviously good luck. But looking ahead to that tournament, when you think about it, what are you looking forward to the most about the tournament? Oh, playing for sure is number one. I mean, and just the entire experience seeing another country that I haven't been to the team bonding aspect off the court as well as on, but we spend a ton of time together off the court, which is really cool. And the coaches are really good about bringing us together in our downtime and doing other activities that keep us focused and on track, but also like give us a mental break and allow us to have some fun, make a ton of memories and hopefully we'll win all of our games and that'll be awesome. That would be awesome. Is there anything that you learned last year that you will be able to use this year to get you that gold medal? Jet lag is real and hydration. Mm -hmm. Like, drink gallons of water now, like last week starting, because you will be dehydrated if you don't flying that long flight. And don't take a nap when you first get there because your internal clock will hit you. And then it's harder to, to adjust. I've also like varied my workout times now because the game times can be all over the place and people's bodies. Like I'm typically better in the afternoon or evenings for sports, but I've forced myself to do morning stuff because we could have games that are like 2 a.m. USA time or 8 a.m. Yeah, so stuff like that to prepare. Living in the moment, like I talked about previously, taking the game a shift at a time if you had a bad shift. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. If you get scored on or you're out for a bad goal against, let it go. Or if you score a big goal, forget about it. Keep playing like it's 0-0 zero, zero. because anything can happen in these games. And also, like, the crowd, holy moly. The finals against Czech Republic, it was insane. There was, like, over 4,000 fans there for a ball hockey game. We're, like, walking through fire. And it was distracting, like, if you haven't played on that level before. So, kind of being mentally tough and ignoring the aspects of the crowd that aren't cheering for you, or even if they are cheering for you, just maintaining that focus on the court. Hey, can I ask you real quick about your impression of the Czech experience and the Czech fans? I've kind of taken them to task in some podcasts because of the behavior of some of the Czech fans in the tournaments that I've watched. And I'm just wondering, as somebody who was in it, what was your impression of that environment? Well, the one game, our men, I think, beat the Czech team in the round robin. It was on, like, a questionable goal that they showed on the Arena Vision, mm -hmm. which they shouldn't have re-showed. But uh, we were, like, down in the lower level, and we got beer spilled all over us, yeah. which was, like, not a great experience. And that was, like, day one or two there. But other than that, I didn't really experience any negative things that I could remember and as far as like outside the hockey arena, everyone was super friendly, helpful. I had fans come up to me, like younger kids or like boys that were 16, asking for autographs and stuff, pictures, friending me on Facebook, stuff like that. So that was kind of like weird. Like, why do you want my autograph? But <laughs> also cool. So that was nice. I didn't have any crazy negative experiences besides the beer incident on like day two of the tournament. That's really good to hear. I'm glad. I mean... Every fan base is passionate about their team. So even though I, I did, as I said, kind of take them a task a little bit for the behavior in the arena, I'm glad to hear that that did not extend to outside the arena because I don't you know. Believe me, I don't want to feel badly about the Czech people. It's just based on what I saw. So it's great that you're able to offer some counter perspective on that to our listeners. <laughs> Is there a particular rivalry or two that uh, you're looking forward to as well during the uh, upcoming tournament? Or again, do you just stick to that uh, tried and true, treat each team the same and don't look beyond uh, the game that you're playing? A little bit of both. Definitely just go into it not even worrying about the emblem on the other team's jersey. But also you're going to like when you look at the schedule that day and you see we play Canada. Okay, we just knocked Canada out of making the gold medal game last tournament. You know there's going to be a little extra edge from both teams in that game. Or when we play Czech, 
Like, they just beat us in overtime to win the gold. Of course, I hope we all show up to play that game. But you could say the same for Slovakia. They're going to have the entire home crowd behind them. Sure. So, of course, there's going to be an intensity. So, I think all of the games are going to be pretty similar. Um, We might talk about, like, their tendencies, whether they're more a passing team, more of a running team, more of shooting, kind of that stuff. But that's more strategic but just showing up to play no matter who we're playing. Obviously, we don't expect you to reveal any of your strategies for these teams, but have you in the run-up to this tournament talked about specific teams and and different strategies for playing it, or do you just kind of take every game as, all right, when we show up, we're going to just play this team like any other team? Yeah, right now it's more like worry about our systems and how we're going to play. Because if you play the game right enough, you'll win no matter who you're playing if you stick to your systems. As we get closer, we might scout some games and see teams' tendencies and hone in on maybe like, okay, they have this girl that's clearly their best player, their go-to. Every time she gets the ball, she's going to shoot or play her differently or know, hey, their goalie always butterflies, so shoot up high, etc. But right now we haven't focused that much on the individual competition, more just ourselves and how we're preparing. Yeah, speaking of Canada, do you think that you'll be in their crosshairs, specifically number five? Uh, probably. <laughs> I know my coach was mentioning, like, she's Canadian and she's like, oh, they want to know if you're playing. I'm like, oh, they don't need to know. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I'm sure just USA in general, like we killed their hopes and dreams last time around. So I think anything to do with our team is just going to rile them up. But same with us. So should be a fun game. I'm sure they just wanted to know if you were playing because they wanted an autograph like the Czech fans. Yeah, of yeah, course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check your Gatorade bottles and uh, your equipment too. Make sure there's no uh, powder in your gloves or whatever. Just just yeah. in case. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the most liked by them. Again, that should be a comp- Yeah, well, that's a credit to your ability. So I'm, I'm sure that they'd feel that way too, looking back on it. But when you get beat by the best, you could live with that. If it's uh, <laughs> something that shouldn't have happened, then that's a whole other story. But hopefully... You play just as well, and uh, you stay nice and healthy, and you have fun and enjoy yourself. And finally, with the the ISBHF, if they have world rankings for the other four teams, and well, all five of the women teams, how would you yourself, in your opinion, rank the teams that are in it, including Team USA? Oh gosh, we're all kind of at the top. Of course, we're number one. No, I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> but like, I think it. Yeah, it. It's whoever comes to play. It's going to be a healthy, competitive tournament. I don't foresee there being blowouts, especially like the Canada, Czech, Slovakia, even Great Britain. I don't know as much about them. It doesn't feel as strong of a rivalry with them. They, they're like so nice to play against. I'm like, why are you so polite? But still, like they could bring anyone, anything. But yeah, I think it's going to be a really close, good, competitive tournament. But I hope we're in the number one. Amen to that. Yes, so do we. Hey, one thing that we wanted to ask you about, we talked about this on the podcast a little bit last week when we were talking more generally about the tournament, but so I don't know if you've gotten any kind of media package or anything in preparation for this tournament, but can you tell us anything about Pacho? Oh God, is that the guy with the short shirt with the belly hanging up? He needs to do some abs at the gym. That's what I can tell you. No, just kidding. But um, I guess he's the this year's mascot. Last time they had, I forget his name, but it was this big orange ball. But it was awesome because there was like our hotel and then the rink was like right diagonal. And then there was this big mall. And I remember me and my one teammate were walking around the mall. And then there's the orange ball like walking around the mall. So we got a picture. I'm like, this is way too legit here. Like you would never see this in the States. But it was awesome. Like it was cool. So I guess he'll be the guy walking around and they also have like almost like an olympic village set up by the rink which is cool you go out there's like a beer garden food tents dancing so the mascot i'm sure he'll be out there i'll see if i can get a photo out for you guys thank you Um, yes i don't i don't know the background of the design of his outfit or his physique but we'll see (laughs) so all right so james that let those credence to the idea that he is going to be a walk around character which is terrifying Yeah, I think so. I mean, last time around, it was, so hopefully he is. It's also terrifying, but entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and I hope uh, he's not allowed to stand behind either goal, because that would just be way too distracting to shoot (laughs) at that that, that wacko. (laughs) All right, Becky. So we really do appreciate you taking the time to come here on the podcast with us. 
can you tell us how we can follow your team's progress in the tournament? Yeah, I know. So we have USA Bull Hockey on Facebook, and then ISBHF has also been posting that there's going to be a live stream of every game. So I've been trying to reshare that on my wall because I have a lot of friends asking me. So I'll probably try and update my personal Facebook. It's just under my name, Becky Dobson, as well with like ways people can access the streams. But last time they were really good about having the live streams. I think most of them had live commentating as well which is helpful for people that don't know as many players or know the sport as well. And then I'm sure someone will be running a Twitter handle. That I haven't gotten info yet on, but if I do, I'll share it. Yeah, I can definitely attest to the fact that there was live commentating on some of the games last tournament, but uh, the quality of that commentating, I think, varied based on the time of day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the... The lead announcer seemed to have some trouble with the pronunciation of the place where it was taking place. So hopefully this tournament will be a little better in that capacity. Yeah, just a minor detail. You should probably be able to pronounce at least the location you're in. There were three or at least three or four different pronunciations of that place over the course of the tournaments that I watched. So, yeah, uh, I wish you luck. So, again, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else that you have for us before we let you go? No, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. It's a good way to further share and grow the sport. So I really appreciate it. How can we... Keep in touch with USA Ball Hockey generally. Definitely follow the social media sites. I know they're really trying to grow the program more. They're doing a ton for Grow the Game. They're trying to get more states to do their own Grow the Game for younger youth kids and get people involved in that way. I know they're active on Instagram as well as Facebook. And there's plenty of point contacts that you could email and reach the people involved on the board with the program as well. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Becky, this has been really great. Thank you so much. Go have a great tournament and, you know, bring home that top spot. Hashtag Golden Girls. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, guys. Take care. Best of luck. See ya. All right. Well done. And yes, again, thank you so much, Becky. Best of luck to you and your teammates out there. And uh, so we'll jump into what we were talking about, the 2019 World Ball Hockey Championship. We have the schedule for you. And uh, yes, just to give you an idea, a heads up, I should say, is there's a six hour difference between the East Coast time where Gary and I are and Cosis. So just keep that in mind when you're watching along, because when Gary did such a wonderful job for the 2017 games, that a lot of the times the games were on very early in the morning, at least for us here on the East Coast of the U.S. So just keep that in mind next week when you are following along for rooting on the U.S men and women and we will do our best to get that information for you to keep you current on how our teams are doing in this year's 2019 as if there would be another year's 2019 ball hockey tournament but we will do our best to keep you current on the current 2019 ball hockey world championships i I think that almost made sense and whatever check our facebook and our twitter we're we're gonna have information for you there so if you are not able to watch it yourself you will know what's happening and hopefully we'll be able to get links to watch the games up there as well yes and thank you in advance american rhino as we mentioned at the end of the podcast we are hit the deck pod on twitter and we are at hit the deck on facebook if you would like to avail yourself of those informational outlets for this tournament. Yes, and the tournament begins on June 14th, which just so happens to be Flag Day. So hopefully that's a good omen for our U.S. teams going out there. And it goes through June 22nd, which happens to be very good friend of ours and teammate, Mr. Patrick Fogarty. That's his birthday. So hopefully that's another good omen for our U.S. teams competing in the 2019 games. Yeah, so James, we've been talking to Becky for a very long time about her involvement with the tournament, and obviously we are going to cover the women, but why don't we do a little palate cleanser here and give the people some information about the men's team? 
Yeah, thank you. So the men's team is in Group A1, and they will be competing with Slovakia, the Czechs, Finland, and Great Britain. And their schedule goes as this. The men game one is on Friday, June 14th, and that's at 9 p.m. I believe the times are co-seats times, so just keep that in mind. It's uh, six hours ahead of at least the East Coast in the U.S. So the USA will be taking on the Czech Republic. And then on Saturday, June 15th, the men will be hosting Slovakia. They'll be the home team for that. That's at 6 p.m. local time. Then on Sunday, June 16th at 7.15 local time, it's Finland versus the Team USA men. And finally, on Monday, it's 12.30 local time, USA versus Great Britain. You know, James, I am almost certain that these times that you've listed off are local time, if only because they are written in military time. And most Americans are too lazy to translate military time into regular time. Yeah, as a matter of fact, again, doing some research because we do work hard here on this podcast, believe it or not, that they haven't put up the English version of the website yet. I mean, you do. Like, let's be honest. I just show up and talk for a while. Yeah, and record and do everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so that's how you can follow the men. We also have the roster, which uh, we can bum off of the uh, USA Ball Hockey Twitter account and Facebook pages and pass those along too. So uh, maybe they might be a friend of yours or somebody you know. At least you'll uh, see where they're from too, local area. And how can you not root for these guys and gals? It's just all great ball hockey excitement on the world stage halfway across the globe too. So I really admire these athletes. And as you heard from Becky, the phenomenal shape that she's in and her teammates and the same has to go for the men as well. So really looking forward to it and hope that you enjoy watching along and following along too on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, what do we got for the women, James? So for the women, again, Friday, June 14th, they will be in action on the first day of the event. That is at 6.30 p.m. local time, USA versus Great Britain. Then on Saturday, June 15th, it's the Czech Republic versus the women team USA. That's at 2.30 local time. Sunday... June 16th is an off day for the ladies, so a very welcome off day and deserved one. On Monday, June 17th at 5 p.m., and circle your calendar for this one, it is Team Canada versus Team USA, so uh, 5 p.m. local time there. Fight, Definitely fight, gotta... fight, 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 Wait a minute, isn't Kevin Owens Canadian? <laughs> he is. He's, he's <laughs> French-Canadian. He's from Montreal. Uh, fight, Becky, fight. Fight, Becky, fight. Hey, Becky is the man. That's right. That's right. Very good. Two belts. Okay, good stuff. I mean, she's, Another good she's down to one belt now, but still. Ah, phooey. All right. I, I'm going back to WrestleMania. Yeah, Sorry about yeah, that. that no, that's okay. uh, it, was a, it was an amazing moment, so I don't blame you. Okay. And then finally, on Tuesday, June 18th, at 2.30 local time, it's Team USA versus Slovakia. Yeah. And, and in all seriousness, Becky, watch your back when you're there in case there are some overzealous Canadian autograph seekers. <laughs> Hey, listen, I wouldn't mess with her. She's in really phenomenal shape. And I wasn't kidding about the deadlifting stuff. If you don't believe me, you could check it out on Facebook yourself. And uh, she has a really great post of herself picture. And she's sporting Hagen hockey gloves, too, which is really nice. So well done. All decked out in the American flag motif. So that was a nice little touch. I'm sure she could bench press me like, you know, that that's that's not a fight I'd want to pick. I, I think she could curl us too, one in each arm, by the way. So, or maybe double choke slam. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that just goes just goes to show you the dedication that she has and the pride that she takes in playing and representing Team USA in the national level. Yeah, I, like this is going to be a good one. Seriously, don't don't sleep on this tournament. This is you know it's only going to get better. So, like again, if you can check out the coverage. You know, in person, not in person. I don't expect you to fly to Kozis, Slovakia, but check out the feeds, whether you find it on our page or on the U.S. team's page or Becky or wherever you find it. Check it out. If not, at least keep current with this tournament, because I I think this is really going to be a good one. Definitely, too. And that's just going by the 2017 games, too. 
which uh, Gary, again, did such a fantastic job of linking and, and covering and giving all the Hit the Deck fans the opportunity of following along and really getting the excitement of, of the intensity of the games as well. And as Becky was saying, too, playing in front of an arena that it looks state-of-the-art and it's the same thing over in Cosis, uh, really exciting. It just looks professional. The Steel and Arena. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, if you're a ball hockey fan, if you're a hockey fan coming off of the Stanley Cup finals, which have been terrific so far at the recording of this podcast, game five is being played as we speak. But uh, yeah, it's what hockey is all about. Yeah, and if you want to follow it on the official tournament Twitter feed, they are at official ISBHF on Twitter. So you can go there and you can you know get all your tournament information there, assuming it's in English, which honestly is not a sure bet, at least as of now. No, and that's uh, another reason why Gary and I had to uh, do this for you, just in case. Yeah, I mean, I, I say that because the official website for the ISBHF is not in English. I mean, it's it. I guess it's in the native Slovak, and you can do as we did last week and Google Translate it to get a sense of what they're saying, but... There is no English version of the site. So, you, you know, you're on your own if you want to try and navigate around there. But we're here to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I blame Pacho. Me too. <laughs> hey, but speaking of Pacho, James, I don't have a This Week in Pacho segment because, as I explained last week, he just hasn't done enough. There's really very little literature or news about Pacho. But one thing that I think... You, James, and perhaps even you, the listener, will find interesting. James, if you Google Pacho ball hockey, what do you think the first and third results are? First and third? Yes. The first and third results that pop up on Google for Pacho ball hockey. I hope it has something to do with our podcast. I will give you a hint, James. It's hockey in sneakers. Oh, that's really exciting. Very cool. Yeah, it's our Facebook page and our podcast feed, <laughs> respectively. Excellent. All right. Well done. So I credit I credit you as much as anybody for that, James, because you keep the Facebook page current and you keep all of our news and pertinent information up there. And it really is a wonderful resource. So even if you've sworn off Facebook, like I respect that, but you should go and check out our page on Facebook, you know, just, just to browse it, just to stay informed on the happenings of ball hockey because stuff that we don't even get a chance necessarily to talk about on the podcast often pops up there. And, you know, James keeps that up to date and it's really cool and it's just a great resource. So, you know, we, as I said, we will have as much as we can manage news and, you know, current results for the tournament on there. But just generally, that's something you might want to bookmark. And, of course, we will have as much pacho as we can scrounge up, <laughs> perhaps more than is healthy. Yeah, and that's that's also for you, Lou, out there. So thank you for the support, by the way. Oh, James, I think we've run long on this one. Let's bring it home, yeah? Yes, sir. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Oh, boy. So that is going to do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. We would, of course, like to thank our extra special guest this week, Becky Dobson, Really can't say enough great things about her. Cool girl, great interview, and she is like, she's going to kill it in the tournament. So, Becky, best of luck to you, and, you know, go do what you do, and don't worry about making friends along the way. Uh, we would like to, of course, thank Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music, and always we want to thank you for listening to this podcast, because if it weren't for you, there wouldn't be no us. There'd be no reason for us to talk to people like Becky Dobson, and that was awesome. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, thank you, of course, to Craig and Wayne for, you know, talking to us about Becky and, and setting us up with her and, and, you know, giving us kind of a, an insight into her character and, and like, all that. All the support we've gotten recently from you guys for Hit the Deck is it's it's outstanding. It's really like, I don't know, humbling in, in some ways. So we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. And if you would like to reach out to us in some way, not that I'm saying, hey, they, what have you done for us lately? I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But 
If you do have a reason you'd like to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Deck is spelled D-E-K. You can tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. We're at hitthedeck on Facebook and Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. There's, there's so many ways that you can get in contact with us. We'd love it if you would do that. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to make sure you hear awesome interviews like this with Becky and just general ball hockey content, if you're somebody who eats, sleeps, and breathes ball hockey, like Becky, or hockey generally, I guess, just, you know, I, I, I think it would serve you well to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, just so you don't have to go looking for it. It's right there. You don't have to worry about it. No muss, no fuss. There it is. Hallelujah. James, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to add? Yes, thank you. Special again, thank you to Mr. Craig Gussman for setting all this up. And, and as Gary said, please make like Craig and we'd love to hear from you. Also, thank you again one more time to Becky, or Dr. Becky Dobson, mm. I should say. Cheers. And uh, best of luck to you and your uh, female teammates for Team USA Women and to the men for uh, Team USA as well on that side. Also, too, if you're looking to play deck hockey, please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, and the VAR Hockey League, also the DCSH and donate to LaGrange Hockey. And speaking of donating and helping out the ladies of Team USA and Raleigh Street Hockey League, they have a 50-50 raffle going on, which we've tried to piggyback on our Twitter feed. So please check that out. And that's for Colleen Murphy and Whitley Nichols, who are teammates of Dr. Becky Dobson. And also too, don't forget Eileen Mesler. And uh, we have a link to her GoFundMe page as well. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you, James. Thank you, sir. And of course, to you, dear listener, we would like to leave you as ever with this thought. And that is mainly that whether you're playing a friendly game in the backyard or flipping the board on a game of Parcheesi, whether you are scoring game-winning goals against your heated rivals or going for the gold on the world stage, regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. That was a bit. It was a bit. Yeah, I know, but still. It sounded so wrong, by the way. That was part of the bit. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs>